Hey everyone, welcome to The Recruitment Show. We are talking about all of the major topics that people are discussing right now. Everything recruiting, future of work, and everything in between. I've got guests from all over the world to come and share their perspective and their thoughts and feelings and all of that stuff on these key topics. It might not be politically correct. It might not be what you want to hear, but it's people's perspectives and it's important to hear people's perspectives. I love storytelling and I think one story can illuminate a million more and really increase our understanding of these topics. So sit back, whether you're watching live or after, grab a drink, take a seat and enjoy. There we go. We're, li- we're now live, live, live. Not like streaming, we're, live. We're, we're recording live. That's and maybe the next one will actually go live. We'll I enjoy that. lives. <laughs> I love lives. I love lives. The last one we did was live. It's great fun. It was. It was because there were comments popping up and there were questions popping up. And I always yeah, think yeah. that just makes the conversation so much more, you know, exciting, relevant. So, but it's we'll true. do it next time. Well, in a couple yeah. of years' time when we manage. That long. That long. We have been like going back and forth and <laughs> rearranging each other. That's all good fun. It's all well, right. It it's all right. It how's 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 life? How's it's been a crazy year? I think if we look back, right, twenty twenty three. I mean, it has been. Uh, it continues to be unpredictably crazy. I mean, just when you think you know, you've passed COVID, you've passed one of the biggest challenges you know humanity has gone through for a long, long time in terms of pandemics and all of that. Then you've got wars popping up, and then you've got tensions. You've got like lots of other um stuff that's influencing all of our lives right so 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 yeah i do think we're going through a, a different like a, a completely new world order quite frankly and this it's, is also impacting um the the world of work right it's also impacting our professional lives it's not only impacting social political uh, economic but it does have a direct impact i think on our social and, and professional hugely. lives yeah yeah hugely i mean just with the stuff going on in israel right now right you've got stuff going on in different countries and you have your social media feeds are just you know if it's anything like mine it's inundated with like bad stuff and then you have a lot of polarization um it's just it's just um it's also like it's also interesting because then you i mean social media is perhaps like you know the place that humans are, are bad on like you know like certainly x and things just people can hide behind the hand and just be really quite aggressive and stuff. But I always find it's interesting, like in the context of bringing your authentic self to work and being able to have conversations with people and stuff, I always find it interesting that most humans are incapable of having a conversation with someone about something that they disagree with or right. that's contentious without it turning into an argument or a debate. And and it really got me thinking, you know, with like just the, you know, like your ability to have a conversation, a difficult conversation with someone is is such an important skill to develop like an actual conversation like listening to understand not just to respond or to argue or to convince you that my way of thinking is better than yours or whatever but just that that mm-hmm. skill i think is just is so mm-hmm. important now mm-hmm. yeah. and it's a difficult skill to develop in social media i mean that's just not that's not yeah, what they're well. all about. These platforms are all about, you know, just shooting from the hip. 
and then and then it it, it creates you know that adrenaline flow and our brain just continues to fire off all of these horrendous sometimes comments or you know and completely misplaced because it's not helping the conversation to go in any direction except continue to 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 divide and 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 i do think well i don't know i i do think it's a hugely important topic and time is also an important topic that's linked to that so like a conversation that you and i would be having or particularly if it's contentious or if there's something you know that you need to sit down you need to breathe you need to take the time and and to your point you know it's not a ping pong you know on who gets the last or like a tennis match and who gets the last ball in you know like in the corner and oh i managed to get that point because it's not about one winning and the other one losing it's about maybe you know how do we find a new ground uh, a, a new ground right a new territory where we can find something in common because you are different, I'm different, everybody's different. But if we continue holding on to those differences, um, it's, it's a zero sum game. No one's going to win. Who's winning? You know, I think, I think to your, your point, like the best thing, you know, make a cup of tea, sit down <laughs> with someone. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I know a cup of coffee, you know, like whatever your thing is, right? It's all good. Um, and, 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 and actually, if you're really interested in understanding someone's perspective, then you'll listen more than you'll talk. And, and you can really, you know, get to know someone by, by, by speaking with them. And then, you know, everyone's got a different perspective on, on the same thing. And, it, you know, it's really normal. And then so much online, it was actually a comedy skit I saw. I'm not going to do it justice. So, mm-hmm. But it was like the comedian was like, you know, oh, you can, you know, you're good at comments on TikTok. But what about when we speak in real life kind of thing you know anyone can hide behind the keyboard and you know and and say whatever but but there's something about sitting in front of you and talking like this is hard people find it very difficult um you see a lot of the um i've gone really i've gone in all in on youtube like i love watching all different sides of the of, of the conversation at the moment and and you're just you know you're looking at some conversations of people on these news channels and stuff and it just ends up turning into an argument or a shouting match between yeah you're like come on guys and girls just yeah yeah how do we move how do we move forward you know and how do we understand each other and and that relates to work life i think it's all integrated you know to your kind of your thing about you know trying to construct a a work life that that works for you and i think it's it all it all intertwines doesn't it um I think we need to also learn to put our interests a little bit to the side, which is a very difficult thing to do. But mind you, so I do think it's a political game. Politicians, that's what they feed themselves on. So let's not even go there. I mean, the debates sometimes are are really manipulated in such a way that you do get this. It's like being in an arena, you know, like in ancient Rome, put everybody (laughs) in the Colosseum and get you know get all the all the blood but um in terms of conversations right so there there's a political um dimension that that unfortunately is is leading a lot uh, uh let's say these kind of conversations and they're not conversations they're really polarizations to yeah. to get votes to get more power to influence and and what have you but let's say landing to the normal common uh, people 
uh, you know, the, the lives of our, our everyday uh, lives. I find it um, disturbing. I actually find it disturbing that even in the common lives, you know, and at work or with friends or in families, we have really lost this ability to, to create the conditions for a dialogue. Because I was talking the other day with someone, you know, we were talking about psychological safety at work and um, mental health and stuff like this. So it wasn't necessarily about you know, world economic and political problems, but like problems that are closer to home. And, and, and it's true. It's like, even if you do want to initiate a conversation, right? Maybe on, hey, how are things going? Or maybe, hey, you know, things are not going that well, or... I, you know, I may disagree with you on certain things. And um, if we talk about work, I may disagree with you on, uh, I don't know, the, the, the budgets, the plans, the business plans, etc. But if I don't feel comfortable, if I don't feel that there's an environment of trust, if I don't feel that there's a genuine interest on the other side, not only to listen, but also to come up with something which is a viable solution, yeah. then you know what? People just play the game. People play the game, and yeah. everybody's playing the game. Actually, quite frankly, <laughs> you know, I think you'll say like I thought a lot. Are oh, you right? You're right. And I just think I just thought back to I was thinking back to school, and it was like debating society, and then it was and everything like a, I remember everything with the school and through university, it's always like debating like this is what I think and this is why you should think this. And, it's very rare, I think, like growing up and through education and stuff. Also, like universities, like the kind of front line for, you know, people that are, you know, like sort of demonstrating or just like, you know, whatever it might be, put forwarding your cause or whatever, right? There's a lot of stuff on campus. Um, and it's good. It's all, it's all like kind of, you've got to believe what I believe, you know, or you should be believing what I believe or you're wrong. And it's very rare, I think, when I was think, think about like my, my like early years where, where, someone was teaching me or encouraging me to sit down and listen and, and understand and then have a have a like a, a dialogue mm -hmm. I don't know about you for, for me but I, I mean I, my education was in the UK and, and it was like that like mm -hmm. I remember oh you're good at arguing you know go to the debating society and then you stand up and you're like right this is my argument for and this is why these people are wrong and it just continues yeah. and continues and continues um and then and then that you take that through into into work and and mostly around the boardroom tables, it's 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 someone arguing why their point of view should be followed rather than we have an option. Let's all think about what the strengths are or the weaknesses or the dangers or whatever it might be. Then let's talk about this one. Then let's talk about this one. And then collectively we can, you know, come yeah. to an agreement and make a decision, which feels like, you know, win-win, right? No one feels they've lost or they've gone with another option. That's like, you know, you feel hard done by because they've not followed your I, I don't know. I just think it's, we just need to kind of rethink a little bit. But why do you think that is, right? I think that's the question. It is, it is why do we as humans, because it could be educational, but it's, you know, it's, it's, I grew up in different countries, as you know, so, I, you know, from international schools in Brazil to middle school in, in New York to high school in Italy. So I've gone through like all these different <laughs> continental, like this map back Love here, it. like all the dots, all the places <laughs> I've been and lived in and stuff like that. And I was like, so, but at the end of the day, even in school, it's comparison, it's competition. It's still, 
you know, making sure you're at the top of the class. And and so, so yes, we're, we're kind of, it's ingrained in us, right? But hopefully there comes a point and maybe hopefully in schools are going to teach that as well. It's think how to think. So how are we actually thinking about problems, for example? Are, and why is it that it is my opinion versus yours? What's my idea versus yours as opposed to let's put the problem there? You know, let's. It's about the problem, or it's about the challenge. It's and and to your point, like let's each one contribute to that, not to me. I'm not going to be in the center of that conversation. The center of that conversation is what's the problem we're trying to solve. And I was having a conversation with the recently appointed CHRO on. You know, I was asking a little bit, what are the challenges of the company, et cetera, et cetera. And I keep hearing these buzzwords. <laughs> the buzzwords. I mean, please don't get me wrong. And people who what might people be want to like want to like the best buzzwords. <laughs> yeah. So please don't get me, you know, people who are listening, please don't don't shoot at me. But or actually feel free to shoot at me. I quite frankly uh, don't don't care. That's not what what matters. What matters to me are the deeper conversations. So some of the buzzwords that I keep hearing are the, the generational um, gaps, like this new generation is completely like not loyal, uh, the work-life balance and ba-da-dee, ba-da-da, and um, you can't count on them. Um, and they always want it their way and they're spoiled and ba-da-dee, ba-da-da, and it's kind of like they, 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 they deserve to be promoted to VP within three years, except that's one buzz conversation. The other one, diversity inclusion, and all these wonderful things which have, have turned into quotas, have turned into programs, have turned into chief diversity officers. And you ask though the question, what's the problem? Like, what are we, what's, what's the problem that you're actually trying to solve in your organization? So for example, um, is it a quota problem when we talk about diversity and inclusion? Is it the ability to have different perspectives on a business topic that's relevant? Is it because not enough voices are heard? Is it because, or is it simply because labels are not heard? For example, not enough females are heard, not enough, uh, uh, whatever diversity may, may mean. And when you ask these deeper questions, it there's a moment of silence. It's like, uh, well, not actually sure what, the problem is, <laughs> except we don't have enough diversity. I'm like, okay, fair enough. That that that's fair enough. So what what do you plan to do about it besides you know just talking or having quotas or having programs that ultimately end up just being a ticking of the box, as opposed yeah. to opinions really being heard? Because that's the thing, you know. Yeah. Th th this is the point. It's like, okay, I'm great on my diversity numbers, but still opinions are not being heard, but still the problems are on the table are still discussed by the two, three people who have just ego moments amongst themselves. And so I, I find this going back to what you were saying, the ability to talk things over, um, to take a little bit more time and go a little bit into the, the well, what specifically are we talking yeah. about? Uh, is something that I don't believe companies neither have the time nor the willingness necessarily to go into that and then that's also reflected i think in uh in well, even society no it's true but even going a bit further companies made up of people 
And so when we say the company doesn't want to, it's actually the people, isn't yes. it? It's the whatever the whoever the the board are or the decision makers are and stuff. And I think it's it's difficult, isn't it, for people? Like I think I think there's also this this um there's been this kind of this undercurrent of like cancel culture and and people actually being quite afraid to say what they feel or or they don't want to be misinterpreted they they don't want to offend um yes, you know yes. you have these like safe spaces and all of these things that you know so i think there's this whole this whole thing of again back to conversation like you should be able as long as you're not you know like offending and being racist and homophobic and sexist and so forth but it's like you should be able to have a conversation with someone and say hey look i don't understand can you explain or, you know, I'd love to know a little bit more about this. So I'm really curious. Can you help me? But out without fear of being cancelled or, you know, whatever it might be. I, there has been that this, this last few years. And, you know, given what I do, right, I have a lot of like private conversations with people, right? Like being a headhunter, it's a one on one. It's private. It doesn't go any further. And people share their feelings and thoughts about work and life and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And there's this but real like just trend of like people saying hey look i'm they say bring my authentic self to work i'm not sure they really mean it do i really have to and and also like i want to be able to and then some want to be able to just have a conversation like, i just love to speak with this person about this particular topic but it's way too prickly to talk about and i don't feel that i'm you know don't feel comfortable and i think i think that needs to slowly change you know like you should be you should be able to have a conversation with someone Mm-hmm. And that's the way you learn, right? Like for me, it's like I'm trying to bring up my kids to, you know, be able to have conversations with people. Through conversation comes understanding, and then once you once you start to understand people, then you start things can start to move forward, you know. Um, and so I think in in companies that needs to, I'd love to see it shift a little bit more now, you know, away from this hyper offended um, <laughs> stuff, you know, you know, because it just stifles. It's it's it stifles a lot of things. I mean, um, it it really does, and 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 it's more like once again going into a make believe kind of situation that we're living. It's a bit being on stage, you know. Everybody's putting on their mask. Everybody's wearing their their role. They're, they're not bringing themselves. They're bringing their role to to life in work embedded in their bodies, but it's ultimately they're wearing their role and what is expected in that role. And for all good reasons, you know, because maybe if they don't, they may not get the promotion. If they don't, they may not, uh, they may be put aside. If they don't, you know, show up for the role, not for who they are, uh, they, you know, they may once again, it, it might not be actually what people are paid to do, quite frankly. That's also yeah. a reality about companies. And 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 sometimes it does upset me, uh, quite frankly, that we get into very humanistic conversations when ultimately, if you're in a business, it is the bottom line that is going to make the difference, right? If you survive or if you don't survive, if you're going to be hiring or if you're going to be firing. Um, and everything that comes around it is also important. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you show up because, you know, we're paid to, you're, you're giving your time and your skills for a salary and for a compensation and for hopefully yeah. recognition and a fulfillment. So it's already distorted, quote unquote, kind of, right? You, you can, you know, it's, it's not like you're home and with your family. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, having yeah, a yeah, yeah. friend. So so clearly there's there are parts of you, right? But it this 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 thing that you can switch on, switch off who you are in terms of your values, in terms of your beliefs, in terms of how you relate relate to people, not in terms yeah. of your tasks, but in terms of how you show up as a human being in relation to others. That's something that I think is worth really looking into. And, and, and that's what authenticity, in my view, is about. It is how yeah. you relate to one another, what values do you stick to, which means also that you take the tough decisions when those values are being, you know, when all of a sudden you realize you're working for a place that doesn't speak to you anymore or doesn't have that same meaning Whatever that it's for, but yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. I, I agree completely. I also think even just boiling, you know, like the culture, I think culture means the way people treat each other. You know, are they there for you? Are people that, you know, like there's just this, this vibe, this feeling and stuff. But I think, I think like kind of, if we focus on the, like the individual, because there are a lot of people to work in the company, there's just this, the mystical thing in the, you know, yeah. like in the mountains. And I think like for, for, for individuals that the stuff that you can do, you know like authenticity is great and I, I do think I do think if you're brave enough and I do think sometimes you have to be brave to be authentic to stick by your values to say no or yes or whatever it is when it's really difficult to I think that will really that will really help uh, in your career it will help you get that promotion people people really value that you know mm -hmm. like if you're absolutely you know, if you're if you're there for people if you're reliable dependable you work absolutely. hard you're, you know, you, you, you're kind of homing your human skills, you know, the conversation, the listening, the empathy and all of that. That will get you to where you want to get to. I, I don't think this mythical, you're old school, they've got to be really mean and whatever doesn't doesn't fly anymore. You know, I think work on these these little things that you can control and I think you'll, you'll go far. I, you know, I completely agree with you. I mean, the work ethics. Uh, so the, how you show up as a professional. Right? That's what I mean by work ethics, that you're going to show up regardless if you are a bartender or if you are, you know, an executive. So it's your professionalism that speaks loads yeah. about you as an individual. And that that that's the, the greatest and biggest and only actually thing that you can really work on and, and really cherish and nurture because it's that is who you are. Right. Isn't it? Because if we've got different uh, ethics then you kind of wonder well is this person reliable uh how can how can you be reliable in the workplace and not be reliable at home i'm not sure how that works but <laughs> they work but um and and another thing i think people tend to underestimate a lot uh and and i've, I've seen this many times in my hr roles is they 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 tend to think that faking it is making it. I mean, there was a time where you would hear this slogan, fake it until you make it. And and, and I'm like, no, it, you know, it, like we, we can smell you a mile away. You, it's not you. And, and that you're yeah. killing yourself, by the way. So it's not only you're not going to make it, but you may, you may think that you're making it. But actually, you're also yeah. chipping away who you are. Right. Yeah, and slowly yeah. but surely destroying uh, a little bit that inner self that, that you have. So my recommendation is always stop faking it. There's no way people are going to make it. You can fake it in skills. What I mean by that, you can pretend as if, as if until you get good at certain skills. So, for example, yeah, you I'm can bad at cooking. So, you know, I can... <laughs> 
<laughs> There's no way, you know, but uh, I can fake it and kind of invite people and say, hey, I'm a fantastic cook, but I'm actually kind of practicing my skills. <laughs> yeah. With them. Um, so maybe skills, tasks, you know, but don't fake who you are. I mean, that's ultimately just such a ridiculous thing. And why would you? Why would people do that? There's a lot of self, um, like self-confidence issues. And there's a, I think there's a bunch of reasons, but it does, it does take a while to be comfortable with you, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, some people get there quicker than others, but once you arrive at a point where you're like, I'm good, you know, you can, whatever, anything can come at me, but I'm good. You know, all this stuff, I've got my stuff sorted. I've got my mind right and all of that stuff. But I think, but I think it's really difficult. I appreciate a lot of people find it. Some people never quite get there. You know, they haven't quite got everything integrated or they, they really worry about what people think. You know, mm -hmm. all the naysayers, all the people in the stands shouting at you when you're on the pitch playing, you know. Um, I remember, you know, setting up, setting up my business and it's like way more people were like, really? What's going to happen if it doesn't work out? And, and then you start and then it's like, oh, well done. But, you know, most businesses don't go past year one. Well done. You got to year two. You know, most businesses fell or, or they're just shouting or they start, start doing content and they're like, really? You want to put yourself out there? And, you know, or even what we're doing now like just sharing our thoughts on stuff that's a little you know mm. like not everyone's comfortable talking about online and this is going out to anyone on the planet who wants to wants to watch it right it's quite a difficult thing to do um and something that i think is needs to like needs to be worked on um but and, and again just kind of once you get to your thing like i'm not saying everyone needs to do content but just understanding yourself I think is is something that's really worth investing in and then I, i'm quite into the exercise and the healthy eating and the sleep and you know all of these things i think are really well connected right because i heard a great analogy i was into another podcast and it's like you know if the, if the leaves of a tree or a plant are yellow what do you do you treat the soil around it mm -hmm. you know um, mm -hmm. and, and with humans that's not often the case so we're giving them a medicine or a pill or whatever i think just you know kind of looking ourselves holistically about how we work how we spend our time who we spend our time with it's huge who you're surrounding yourself with is like incredibly important and just, just that is. kind of stuff is it is and hopefully 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 as we're going through these mega transitions in life i mean huge i mean the next generation the next one's really i think it's going to be a completely different world order as we were saying before i mean there are these unstoppable by now uh, shifts like look at what's happening in spain look at what's happening well in the uk as well i think recently you've had the what is it the, the minister um internal minister no of who who was fired the the extreme right is in many other uh, countries the israel Ham and hamas issues mm. and the russia ukraine anyway new world orders are definitely are definitely being shaped as as we speak yeah. it's going to take some more years but um i think the scenario is going to be completely different but hopefully we're going to get to a point where um the the, the human as such, we will be able to see beyond ourselves. I think we have been, we've grown up in such an individualistic society. So going back to this thing of the egos and debates, the competition, it's always about me. And yeah. I think it's time 
to kind of put the me to the side, because if we continue only exclusively to focus on me, on my well-being, on my uh, comfort, my convenience, my money, my status, my here and there, we're not islands, right? The me, we're going to only grow through others. And the moment yeah. we stop for a second to think only about ourselves and we say, well, how can I help somebody else? That already is a, an act of saying, wait a second, wow, you know, it's not only me. There are, there are other people as well that my work, what I am doing is helping others one way or the other. It doesn't mean, you know, like in the big humanitarian sense of the word, but yeah, yeah, just the moment we start looking at work as well as a sense of responsibility, even if I may not like it 100%, who cares if what I'm doing is really important for somebody else to be able to do their job or for somebody else to get a certain product or a certain service, you do it, right? Yeah. And you do yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, so, so I do hope, you know, we, we move more towards a collective community sense uh, um, and not only exclusively looking at our belly buttons because it is important don't get me wrong don't get me wrong but this constant fragmentation between outer world and inner world is really an illusion because we are influenced by others just as much as we influence them so yeah 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 no it's true it's true i, was, I read a really good book by well tribe by sebastian Juncker. if you anyone has read it but the premise is that we're really good in smaller groups, hundred folks or something, yeah. you know, yeah. small communities. Um, maybe that's, you know, thing like you can live in a city where I think most people live in a city in the world. I think I, I'm not sure on that, but I, I, I guess like probably most do. And there can be lonely places. Mm -hmm. You know, you can not know any of your neighbors. Um, you can not plug in. Like it's quite hard sometimes if you move, you know, if you move countries or cities, it takes a while to plug in, doesn't it? Like you have to do something to meet people, go to the gym, dance, whatever mm -hmm. it might be, like just go and, you know, to to, to like-minded people, right? They say like, what is it? Your tribe is your vibe, your vibe is your tribe, <laughs> you know, from back in the, it's so true, right? Like just finding something that you vibe with, that with others, Yes. you know, and then you start feeling part of community and helping, you know, like I think all of yeah. those things, comes from that and, and again like to just to the kind of the growing up and the education stuff everything's about being good as an individual contributor do well at your exams that's on you get to university that's on you uh do well at uni that's on you first jobs it's individual contributor right how do you get your bonus personal performance um how do you get to the manager role because you've done well as an individual and then suddenly you've got to move from i to we to be a good leader really difficult to do, like super difficult because you've never really done it. Unless you've done team sports. So you can get leadership we stuff mm -hmm. earlier on if you if you if you if you do team sports and stuff. But it's just all these little things, you know. I've only yeah. started reflecting on it now. But you just think through that. And even in my career when I when I started in recruiting, it was about me. Like everything was everything was set up for me to just make the sales and do well. And it doesn't really matter about anyone else. Had no influence on how well I did, and incentives govern behavior, right? True, true. Bonuses are <laughs> one of the most effective ways of changing behavior, right? And they're yeah. one of those sneaky, sneaky things that we <laughs> up with in HR. Is like, how do I create golden handcuffs here and make sure that I get so, some people to kind of behave so, in a certain way? Hmm? 
but most of it, so, so on that on that it's a bit given obviously given your 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 career in HR mostly you mostly have you seen that these the bonuses are relate to individual absolutely yeah. Yeah. absolutely fully agree I mean that's and that's my point I'm I'm kind of hoping maybe there's a change <laughs> at some stage and where we start and I do I mean there are some companies that are more and more looking into team incentives the problem about teams is that they change all the time and now more than yeah. ever before. So the composition of the team really changes a lot. And unless like roles, responsibilities are very, very clear. Um, I've seen disastrous bonus schemes actually because they create more antagonism within the same teams as opposed to creating that teamwork. So to all of my compensation and benefits folks, total rewards folks out there, colleagues out there, you know, I, I really like look into the social sciences first of what's the kind of behavior you want to see, what's the kind of output you want to see, and then look into the reward scheme that you want to put put in place, right? Because and okay. careful what you wish for, careful what you wish, because what do you in think sales of in particular. <laughs> Following on from that, what do you think of this? So, so in America we have this already, and there's the European Pay Directive. I think it's in a couple of years it's coming in. And for those that don't know. Um, that companies will have to publish pay ranges on job descriptions in Europe. They're already doing it in, in like New York and San Fran and stuff like that. So, you know, if you're hiring for whatever it might be, you have to put the range, the pay range. Now, interesting, right? So this is trying to promote um, fair pay, transparency and stuff like that, which is interesting. I did a poll on it a few months, uh, last month. And I just asked, like, do you want to know how much your colleagues are earning? Like, do you even want to know? Um, most people actually didn't want to know. I can't remember what, what the numbers were. I'll share it. Because, you know, like you can imagine, like you have you have an internal market and you have an external market, right? And it kind of doesn't really pay to stay at a company for too long because you end up getting smaller increases than if you were to move. So if you've been at a firm a while and you've just noticed a job ad and you're not even getting paid bottom of the range, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah, there's all these little issues that are, that are coming up, coming up, mm -hmm. which I think are, are really going to be quite fascinating. I, Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I favor I favor transparency on that. Um, at the risk of sounding a little bit too um, liberal, but I favor transparency because it's a way to keep everyone in check. So first of all, it's a way of encouraging professionals and individuals and companies to understand the basics of compensation and benefits to understand what pay ranges are all about to understand how do you how do they come to be you know what's the market research behind it what's the data what are compensation surveys saying it, yeah. within that sector or within those type of job families really getting some basic understanding of your own economics right because this this is what it is yeah. of, of, of you as a resource right like what's my value in the market? How is that value defined in the market and internally? So it does trigger that conversation. It forces companies to also um, have transparent conversations with their employees to maybe have like a, a total rewards one-on-one -on -one kind of thing, you know, like total yeah. rewards for non-HR for non -HR people. <laughs> like Remember, there used to be a time, finance for non-financials. I don't know if that for exists. Finance for dummies. Compensation for dummies. Or, uh, <clears throat> so I think that's really important. And 
and if I'm not mistaken, in the US, it's it's the pay range, right? That and and it's discretionary to the company, meaning so hopefully what you're projecting outside is what's represented inside. But you, it's a range between a minimum and a maximum. It's it's um because then the final number as like people in the market know and as professionals in companies know when they move away from companies the final number is always dependent on the dovetailing of you know what is anyway your current compensation in a given you know environment and with a certain employer and what is that pay range you know within and let's not forget in some cases you may have extra hiring bonuses because maybe the person may be losing out on stock and yeah that's uh, true so there's so many variables when it comes to comp um, and benefits that are becoming super important and and being educated in this. I, I strongly recommend, actually, I was thinking the other day, everybody should have a stint in HR one way or the other, maybe like six to 12 months. It doesn't <laughs> matter, but get your hands dirty, get to understand the nuts and bolts of an organization, how they really work how the human, how complex we right. are. On the one hand, we're all there for development and loving one another, et cetera. And on the other hand, we may be like cheating on expense statements just for like a one pound or <laughs> like getting super upset because we didn't get the salary raise that we thought we deserved and having these huge discussions yeah. with your boss or with HR when ultimately it reveals, by the way, a lot also about yourself, doesn't it? So, yeah, so yeah. we do show up yeah. in so many different ways. But long story short, I am in favor of uh, publishing pay ranges. And by the way, if I'm not mistaken, LinkedIn and so many other platforms by now, there's you, you can't you can find out. You know how much you're, you exactly. know your value in the market now. Exactly. You know your value so in the market. Hiding, guys. You know, just make it transparent. Yeah. Um, when I used to. <clears throat> Even a very, you know, controversial topic about salary uh, structures in uh, manufacturing environments. Right. I'm always pro doing that, um, even though I realize that a company needs to be mature, meaning there needs to be, you need to prepare the grounds for uh, operators or blue collar workers, but even white collar workers and knowledge workers to yeah. understand the dynamics of money um, and, and, and comp, right? So... Anyway, that's, that's it's important. Yeah. No, it's really important. I think um, it's been quite interesting because because also, I mean, in Europe, by and large, you you as in HR, external recruiting, can ask people what they're earning, and and in the US you can't, and and here it's you know it's fairly standard, right? Like ninety percent of people will share yes. with a recruiter True. what the salary and bonus and shares and whatever, and us as a third party can then go negotiate whatever. Um, and, and, and in America, you can't ask, right? And I think that's coming in here as well. So, which is interesting, right? It doesn't matter what you're earning right now, but you could be earning more or less, doesn't matter, because it kind of works both ways. Some people get put off if someone's earning more than their budget and they're fine with less money and they get a bit nervous that they'll jump. And, you know, then also it's very difficult to give someone a really big pay increase if they're on a bit, you know, like mentally people find it difficult. So. I think that's that's really interesting, and it's like, look, this job is paying this. Correct. Once again, it goes back it? to the job and to the role. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next Which I do find it. Sorry. No, no, go on, please. Now, I I do find it still a little bit lopsided. I think it's <laughs> still lopsided. I do because you are bringing to that job your whole life experience. 
short or long that it may be, you're bringing to that job, you're feeding into that job, uh, um, your motivation, you're feeding into it, your energy, you're feeding into it, your skills, you know, your network. Sometimes that's also very important in certain jobs. It's like, like in consulting, that's really yeah. important. Um, so you are bringing also value to that job. So it's not only what the job is worth in the market, but also the value that you're adding to it. So I do find it lopsided when we lose sight of what's that current market value, let's say, of that individual, of those skills, of that experience. What's it worth in the market? Yeah, today? yeah. yeah no, for me, I think it's about you want to feel like you are getting paid fairly for what you do. Yeah. Um, above and beyond that, um, for me, running a company, I mean, there's pay, pays pay. For me, everyone, like going back to the human stuff, like anyone that come works with me, I'm there for them, like until the end, you know, and and and, it, and it's like, and you want to be in, I think you want to be in an environment and you want to be working with other people that, for want of a better phrase, you know, you'd want them next to you in the trenches when the going gets tough, you know. Yeah. So I think for, for me, it's when I'm looking for people to work with or you know or, or an environment if i was to go work somewhere else it's the money's the money and i and i, and I want to be paid fairly but i want you know but i'm dedicating my time i'm giving you my energy i'm giving That's you something that i'm never going to get back which is time um and, and and you and you want that to be reciprocal i think if that's reciprocal then you feel you know you're in it together uh and i think it's a good good spot to be at agree absolutely so how do we help people find their way <laughs> and navigate it? Or what are you seeing on your end on, on the recruitment side? What are people, when they change, why do they change? If they change, you know, what, what is it that you're noticing? So um, I'd say the top three, four things of why people are looking, would look to move or a driver for moving. It, and, it, and, it, and it flips between, right? So it's lack of progression. So this is nowhere to go. Um, they're not getting on with their boss or the team. So this kind of culture thing, the learning and development bits there as well. You know, sometimes a role is, it, it runs its course, right? And again, that's linked to progression. Like there's nowhere, nowhere for them to go. Um, there's those three. Nani I rarely see as number one. Then this last few years, um, yes. redundancy. And I certainly this year, there's a lot of people mm -hmm. in certain sectors like this year has been really hard, I think, for many yeah. people, you yeah. know, like there's the, the big sectors, tech and financial services, you've seen a lot of redundancy yeah. uh, and you're still seeing some, but right? even I think it was PwC in the UK announced 600 redundancies, Google let go five, six. I mean, it's still going on a little bit, but, but this last year, there's a lot of people have been out of work. And so um, that's a reason, you know, uh, and, uh, over the pandemic, you'd see also, you know, people lost their jobs and stuff um i've seen pandemic parenting as a job title for some folks out for a bit longer so so i think there's a whole raft like this last few years it's it's the mm -hmm. redundancy it's people choosing because year before you know it's just been an incredible amount of hiring so that like kind of 20 2020 end of 20 like august 2020 to uh, let's say like towards the end of 22 like you know had this great rehire or whatever it was called right just everyone was just it was just crazy and salaries are high and everyone was recruiting and and mm -hmm. and it was it was crazy and then suddenly for many people it dropped off a cliff 
Yeah. Um, so we'll and begin this year. I, I think, because um, I've been putting a lot of thought on this, uh, as you can imagine, you know, I also have the, the podcast on World of Work and, you know, some of the programs about how to become the CEO of your life or like that was the previous podcast we had or the entrepreneur of your life and stuff like that. I still use that quote for me. Love Seriously? Okay. That's... Yeah, CEO of your life. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Which also meant creative explorer of opportunities. So it's not only meant as, right, it's not only meant as uh, managing your assets, your portfolio, and knowing how to play in the market and, and you know, managing your finances as well and blah, blah, blah. So really, like, seeing your life, what you bring to the table as a CEO would, would, would see their products, portfolio, services. But it also means That's how you explore um opportunities and and i think once again we're seeing some shifts from you know this this paradigm of being employed then recently even five years ago this thing started about being employable right yeah. so it's, it's so it's not enough to be employed you need to be employable and i would add to it now it's to be entrepreneurable able to be an entrepreneur not only able to be employed and not only so employ able but also entrepreneur able and 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 these examples of rotation of people landing on their dream job or saying oh this is fantastic and then two years later they're asked to leave because they're asked to leave for whatever reason um you're once again into that market dynamic cycle which is important. But if we only look into the employability of things, I think people are always going to be running behind the latest trends, the latest swings in the economy. So yeah. how do you turn and become that CEO right, of your life? How do, you, how do you gain those entrepreneurial skills? And part of it is also linked to getting to know something about total rewards, comp and ben, how work actually works, how employment actually works, and how do you change the, the, the name of the game? It may, you know, it may be your parenting and you want to do something completely different in your life. You don't necessarily need to be employed. You can do gigs or you could do other stuff, right? But I, I kind of sense this skill set is really missing starting in universities. I'm not sure how well people are being prepared to a very unpredictable you know world of work where yeah people are saying you need to be employable so you're constantly being skilled reskilled upskilled de-skilled etc but once again the burden is always on you of having to change adapt and maybe that's not your thing maybe that's not your thing so how do you pivot how do you change how do you so th this is what i'm kind of encouraging people is to move away from the sense of being only employed to only being employable and learning how to become as well entrepreneurial. It One does not exclude love the that. other way. No, no, I love it. It's hard. Again, like to your point of university, if you get, if you get to university, you've basically kind of been told what to do your whole life, right? Like <laughs> if in, in the UK you do A-levels or if you're in Europe you do your baccalaureate and okay, maybe you get to choose one or two subjects or whatever, but and then and then and then you you know you choose your degree fine but you're going to university and you know what you're doing suddenly oh and by the way you've got like a, a, exceptional results the whole way through great so you've not really gone through you know like if you just find it easy if you're one of those people you've just done really great at, 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 in education and you get into the real world and like ups and downs in the real world um but, but suddenly you leave university and you're like uh what do i do now um there's like a million different choices 
who are you looking to for advice um your parents or the teacher and they're used to kind of career like traditional in their way of career yes. right like 30-year careers whatever it's really hard like my, my cousin just started uh finished uni started his i mean you know it was so easy for his dad to recommend he goes in and becomes a professional go and do your accounting or go and be a lawyer go and be you, you know it's, it's it's really hard to do like you know what i'm gonna go try my own thing um and also the other thing is with social media while i'm on my rant um is you know is um people feel like you know like when you're in your 20s like people feel like to your early earlier point it's like you know they, they want to be on the board or they want to be the, the cfo or ceo or whatever already mm -hmm. in their 20s but man you've got so long so long to work for yeah. like you're just going to get better you in your 20s may be great you're in your 30s even better 40s oh my god 50s 60s i mean you, know, you just get better and better right more experience more so i think as long as you're you're you've got a good good mind and you're continuing trying to develop and stuff and if you can get your you know your, your the entrepreneur or entrepreneur mindset so even yeah. if you're in a mindset career, not, i agree i agree yeah absolutely that's what we're talking about it's the mindset um because yeah hey you know you gotta you gotta live life to to know what you what you're good at too you have to try test fail uh you leave university you know nothing so unless you have like a vocation and then all of a sudden there are very few people who do have that but then it's about experimenting you know allow yourself the time to experiment try and see what you're not good at what you don't like um but this arrogance a little bit of um but, but it's 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 a genuine arrogance fueled by naivety if that makes sense at this contradiction of terms in the sense social media makes everything sound so easy and so become an influencer and everybody including myself right including myself at 50 and above i also have a podcast i have a youtube channel i thought oh this is the way to start <laughs> but it's great like you're doing stuff i mean the same with me right we're sharing our views we're, absolutely well, you know getting that stuff out there is great and hey look if you can make fifty thousand euros a year as a youtuber why go and do a job at twenty five thousand euros when you're when you're coming out of uni yes. or whatever it might be i mean you know there's different career choices. You know, you can go and be an e-gamer nowadays. It's a legitimate career choice. Um, but I think I think it's to I mean to, to the thing it's to round it up, it's like it's quite hard to to do that unless you're really good. Like unless you're like an incredible footballer or a great something that, you know, like if you're just, you know, if you want to go into like business or work, you're seeing people making a billion by 25 and you're like, oh my God, I need to do that or a friend is the CEO of something or other, and you're like, oh my god, like I'm only a, you know, I've just started. I'm missing out. I'm missing out. I didn't start my business in. I started my business early. Actually, I was like 28, 29. That's early. Most people are 40, and I think the average age is 40. Yeah. Starting a business. Yes, Most yeah. people, you know, if you think about CEOs and stuff that you know, a CEO at 40 of a big company is young. Super. It takes about 20 right, years really to CEO of a of a of a major corporation it takes about 15 yeah, to 20 yeah. years that's yeah, for sure yeah, yeah. Um, mark zuckerberg might be the i don't know if he's the youngest ceo of like a really big company but i think he's like 41 42 but most others in the fortune are older 
Yeah, and, and there he founded the company. I think that's kind of like- And he founded know, the company. Yeah. Once again, there are different yeah. playing fields here and, and uh, we have a tendency of mixing things together, but they're really very, very different uh, uh, spaces. That's why I always use maps when I want, when referring to the world of work, because there are different spaces. A corporate space is different from an entrepreneurial, different from a, an open kind of creative path and, and so on. And there are different rules of the game. And, and I think that's really important to keep in mind that um, so in a, in a Fortune 500 company, so not founded by, you know, but usually, you know, it takes about those 15 to 20 years to really get to those top jobs. Now, Bob Iger, I'm not sure, uh, once again, his, I think in Disney as well, it took him that amount of time to, to get to where he was. Then he left and then he went back. Um, so these are the corporations we're talking about, right? Um, uh, Tim Cook, you know, it, it took him as well about, 20 or so years to get to where he is. The the others, it's like the marks uh, of this world and the, <laughs> he was a founder. So yeah, it's yeah, like founder, yeah. CEO, it's, and, but he was absolutely brilliant, definitely. And, and lucky. I mean, it's, it's always gotta be a combination of all, all these things. Um, but to your point, we're all, first of all, we're all different. We all have different talents and we change in time. Like what I want now is completely different or very different from what I wanted 20 years ago, because I yeah. know not what I want specifically, and I know what I don't want. And I know what I can afford not to want, and what yeah. I can afford to want. And, and I'm having a, a talk tomorrow on, you know, the economics of change. It's like, what's the price of changing in relation to the cost of non-changing? Nice. And I, I want it to be a debate. It's not gonna be, it's not a lecture. It's really a debate with a group of people because, we tend to forget that if we stick to where we are, it's great because it has certain benefits, but what's the cost of not changing in relation to the price? Price always means extra value that you get, right? A premium price of an iPhone. Mm. It's not only cost, yeah. it's actually the perception of the value that I'm getting from this phone. Also, uh, also hey, if you're unhappy in a job and you wait a year, you're gonna be one year older and even more unhappy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so true so true but to your point it's not easy no it's not easy it's not we joke about it but it's hard like and let's not make it sound like it's easy and, and no. that's exactly my point on when we change it's not easy and and uh, uh yes be optimistic and think positive and you know be relentless and in, in, in your stuff but you also have to be methodical uh about it and and really think things through and not just jump from one thing to the next, especially if you've got family responsibilities and stuff like that. Right. It's, it's, it's just, True. you know, let's, let's get the right messages out there. <laughs> True. Love it. Um, I think that's a good place to end. We've done a good, uh, almost an hour. Love it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Super. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hold on. We'll say goodbye and then we can, okay. we can chat after. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, Thank you, Lewis. Thank you. Great chat. Thank if everyone's you. if anyone's not connected with Paula, LinkedIn, all of her great content, and oh, uh, please follow you. her. If anyone's not connected with Lewis, which I doubt because they're listening to the show. Wow, well, you're listening. He's an amazing. Press the subscribe button. Amazing, amazing, amazing professional, truly. And looking forward to the next one. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching. Hope you enjoyed it. Please do not forget to subscribe in all the usual places. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you like to watch or listen to a podcast. Any comments or feedback, 
please drop us a DM. If you've got anything that you want us to discuss, again, feel free to get in touch. Have a wonderful day.